Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I am so glad you're here. You're listening to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, and today I'm just going to continue talking about healing. There is so much to cover when you focus in on this issue and really kind of examine it. And the more that I think about it, the more that I just live my life every day and do my best to follow the Lord in the moments I see more and more healing just and, and things about healing kind of working themselves out in my life. And the thing I want to talk to you about today is something that came to me recently in a Bible study. I was actually listening to a sermon and this um, thought process came to me. It didn't really have anything to do with the sermon, but just I feel like because I was spending time with the Lord and, and you know, he kind of gave me something. And so I immediately pull out my phone. I have a memo section on my phone, as most of you also do on your iPhone or your Android, where, you know, you jot down certain things or do a voice memo. So I did that and I have a whole list of things that come to me because I'm always, I always have my phone. And so I don't always have a piece of paper, but I always have my phone. And so I have this podcast ideas list in my phone and I pulled it out and I jotted this down or typed it in. And it's this, this concept of comfort versus confidence. And then I started thinking about that and thinking, what does this mean? Comfort and confidence. And how do they kind of bump heads? How do they play a part in my life? How might they play a part in other people's lives? And what is the problem with one of them or both of them? Like, is there a problem with comfort? I, th- I can think of problems right off the top of my head. But what about confidence? Because we don't typically think of confidence as being something that's a problem, do we? We think of confidence as like this great asset, this character trait that we all want. And if we were confident, we would just be really together, you know? But these are some thoughts that came to me about comfort versus confidence. Comfort keeps us safe. Confidence takes risk and it often involves loss. Comfort keeps you still. Confidence moves you forward. Comfort says, I can't. And confidence says, so what if it doesn't work out? Comfort hides. Confidence is bold. Comfort is a place of control. And confidence is a place of submission. Confidence in human terms and confidence lived out by human means is dangerous, but a confidence in the Lord 
is a very powerful tool to propel us forward. But it also is something that sparks risk and danger in our lives. So let's kind of dig into this and see what we come up with. Most people would right off the bat be able to tell you if they like change or not. And I think of one of the biggest things when I think of comfort is I think of the lack of change. Everything is staying the same, staying status quo, staying as we know it, as we are used to it. And I'm somebody, I, I roll pretty easy with changes in general. I like change to the extent of when I feel a lack of peace in my spirit, when I feel uh, a restless energy, when things aren't moving fast enough, when I am not getting where I think I need to be, I kind of get this churning inside of me. I don't know if any of you can can relate to that, but one of the things I like to do is I like to repaint walls or I like to move furniture around, or I like to take something down in my house, like, you know, um, a wall of pictures or rearrange bookshelves, etc. And it's been a, become a real sore point in my marriage because my husband is the exact opposite. He doesn't like change. He likes, you know, you move in to a house, you paint it once, and you leave it like that for the next 20 years. When I married him, I really rocked his world because of how much and how fast I would change things. And it was coming out of this place inside of me that needed peace. But instead of being able to get peace from the Lord, I would make peace by kind of doing a project. And maybe your project looks different, your project looks different that you do when you feel anxious or whatever inside. But for me, I just do things like that, rearrange, paint, etc. And so change to me is generally it doesn't bother me. Now, life shattering changes are different. Of course, I I have to take some time to adjust to those. But Overall, I wouldn't say that change scares me. My husband, he does everything he can to keep things the same. And you know, there's an element of that being a good thing. But in the context of what I'm talking about, comfort versus confidence, we have to realize that we have a tendency, even people that aren't afraid of change, even people that welcome it, even people like me that use change in their surroundings as a way to cope with difficult situations, that we have a tendency to shy away from the acts that require confidence that the Lord calls us to. For instance, dealing with the things that the Lord brings to your mind, the wrong thought patterns would be one that comes very clearly to me. When the Lord brings to you a way that you're thinking which then affects your behaviors. And it's something that's not good for you. It's not healthy. It, you know, keeps putting you in bad situations or whatever. And he asks you to deal with that. It takes an element of godly confidence to face that problem and to decide that you're going to take Jesus's hand and walk out into that issue that for you is very hard and impossible seeming to overcome. Comfort 
would say, make up a reason, an excuse for why it's really not a big deal. Or you would dismiss that still quiet voice in your spirit that's telling you you need to deal with it. Most of the time, that's what we do. We just don't acknowledge that the Lord is talking to us. And we go about our business and we don't change. And that is our comfort. It's a place of control. It's a place where we control the dialogue from the Lord. And if we don't like what he's saying, we decide it wasn't him and we move on. And it's not necessarily a conscious thought, but it's this behavior, this mechanism where if something comes into our life, into our spirit, into our heart, that causes us to feel that there might be a loss, that there might be um, something that is wanting us to do something we're terribly afraid of. We just push it aside and we decide internally that that wasn't the Lord. And so comfort makes us control the dialogue that we hear from Jesus because Jesus goes against our comfort. He goes against our selfishness. He goes against our fear. His word says that he has given us not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's interesting to see that in that verse, he covers three elements of our, of our, of our person. He covers power, because I believe that that is its physical power. He gives us physical power to endure the things that he brings to us or the things that we're called to go through. He gives us a spirit of love So we have the ability to love our God and we have the ability to love others, including ourselves. And then he's given us a sound mind and a sound mind means that we have the ability to move forward in godly confidence. And so we don't have to live accepting the fact that we prefer comfort. We have within us the ability, the power given to us as believers. If you're a believer, you have the power within your spirit to decide that you are going to take the hand of Jesus and you are going to move forward and you're going to say, so what if it doesn't work out? The difference between people that have human confidence is that they are like a bull in China shop. They'll bulldoze over you. They're always telling you what the truth is. They're always telling you how they got things done. Maybe they appear very successful, but they're harsh and they're hard. They're like a battering ram. But people with godly confidence aren't trusting in their own abilities. They aren't trusting in their own wisdom, in their own strength, in their own knowledge, and in their own finances. They're trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's a gentle confidence. But don't mistake gentle and humble for weak because it's not. It takes more strength to reserve yourself when you, to be reserved when you're feeling like exploding than it does to explode. It takes more strength to trust in God instead of being filled with fear and acting on fear. It takes more strength to trust God to come through for you than it does to have what you need already and be able to make it happen. So that type of strength in Jesus isn't weak. A gentle strength isn't weak. A gentle strength is truly supernaturally strong. So it can't be defined 
by human, human metrics. And another thing is that comfort keeps us still. And we often think about, well, what if you're in a good place? Still doesn't just have to be bad. It's not like, well, I'm just sitting in a, in a pile of dirt and I'm, you know, like Job and I'm rubbing dirt in my blisters. It doesn't necessarily mean that. You can be staying still in the perfect ministry job with the perfect pay and the best friends. And you know that the Lord is calling you to go out to somewhere else. And that somewhere else is a place that you've sworn off and you're terrified of. And so you keep postponing what he's telling you to do because comfort is a good place. When we reach a place of blessing or we reach a place where we feel secure, we have to look at that as a red flag because at any point in time, the Lord could call us somewhere else, but it's our good place that could keep us stuck. It's this deception, this believing that, oh, God wouldn't call me away from here. That's not the Lord. That must, you know, that must not be him. I don't know who it is, but it isn't the Lord. And that's not true. Not only does God call people out of bad places to go other places, but God calls people out of good places to go to harder places, but ultimately they result in better places because there is no better place to be than inside the will of God. And there is no scarier place to be than outside the will of God. Because when you are inside the will of God, you have all of his backing, all of his support, and all of his power. And when you work outside of his will, yeah, you're missing all of that. And not only that, you're going to have to be put back into his will and that's never comfortable and there's always a loss involved with that so it's better to take that godly confidence and do what the lord says because he absolutely does call you out of good places and calls you to hard places i go back again to the loss of my precious precious son that pregnancy was the picture of perfect I have never been happier in my life. It was just, everything was just so joyous. You know, everything was working out. Everything was how it was supposed to be. And then one day it wasn't. And it was like laying in that hospital bed, deciding, am I going to trust you? Am I going to take your hand? Am I going to know that even though I don't know what's coming tomorrow, or the next day, or nine days later, the death of my son, I know that this is where you've called me. This is me being in your will, and so you're going to see me through it. That is godly confidence. So comfort, it keeps us safe, but it keeps us safe to an extent because we view safety as a good thing, and being safe isn't always a good thing. Because if the Lord calls you to a difficult situation or a dangerous situation, then not going because it's hard or because you're scared or because the outlook is grim, that is a very dangerous thing to do. And it's way more dangerous than entering that situation. Daniel didn't have to pray like he did. He could have been quiet and still and done his prayers differently because that edict had been sent out that, you know, there was no other worship except to the king of Persia, but he, he didn't do that. He remained 
blatantly faithful to the Lord as he had been before that edict. He didn't change his spiritual life and his calling to honor God and to be faithful to God because there was a threat of danger and God took him right down to the lion's den. But it was in the lion's den that God brought him out. I think there would have been a very different story had Daniel decided he was not going to be who he was because there was a sense of danger in the air. Or what about Esther? If she hadn't had decided to pull up her big girl pants and fast and pray and do the will of the Lord and go into King Xerxes and and trust that he wasn't going to kill her, then the story of Esther would have been a very different story that took godly confidence. So there can be all manner of situations where God calls you to leave a good place and go into something that you're unsure about, that you have to realize you don't want to stay where your comfort is and have the power and the presence of Jesus leave you behind. Yes, he will never leave you or forsake you, but he's not going to bless and to continue to have open lines of communication when you are not living in godly confidence of what he's called you to, what he's capable of, and what he has promised to do. Our healing is a multifaceted layer of things that kind of work together to continue to move the gears in the right direction. And they come from all different ways and they they work in all different ways. And it's just very, very interesting how deep healing goes. But all of these things that you learn about God from how to have faith, how to deal with anger, how not to quit and give up, all of those things, how to have confidence, they're things that you learn. It's not this thing that you have to have figured out overnight. It's not something that you have to do perfectly. You may be going through something where you know you need to have godly confidence, but you're really struggling. And all day, every day, you're not finding yourself in the place where you can submit. And so you may be wondering, well, what about me, Connie? What about what about me? I'm struggling. I don't feel able to submit. In fact, I'm not. I'm not at that place And let me just ask you a couple of of questions to kind of think about and and do some self-examining. Do you love Jesus? Is your struggle not for the fact that you don't want to do what he said and you are deciding that you're going to be disobedient, but is your struggle because you're actually struggling with getting your heart into the right place, but ultimately deep down, that's what you want. Because if it's that, God is good with that. Keep struggling over it. Keep wrestling it out. And he is going to come through for you. We think that it's all hopeless and we need to give up if we have a struggle to be obedient or we have a struggle to submit. And I would tell you that it's in that struggle. It's in that honesty of that struggle. It's in staying in that ring and boxing it out and coming away bloodied every night. It's there that true submission is formed. 
The only thing you have to worry about is if you have a truly rebellious spirit that has just decided, I'm not going to do what the Lord said. And if you're in a place like that, that is very, very serious. It's one thing to struggle with being human and being sinful with all of our weakness, but bringing that to the Lord and saying, I can't change, but help me because I want to. Kind of like that verse that says, I believe, Lord, help me with my unbelief. So there's not the, there's not that the unbelief isn't there, but it's that it's mingled with belief. And the heart of that person, that man in the scripture, was he wanted to believe and he was aware that he didn't believe at the same time. But if you're living in rebellion to God, active rebellion, and you just don't want to be different, I'd be surprised if you're listening to this podcast. But if that's you, you are at a very dangerous uh, intersection in your walk. Because when we choose to be rebellious and we know better and we know what God has called us to do, we're putting a stake in the ground, a stake in our heart that is giving us over to a coldness, to a hardened state of spiritual life. And that is very dangerous. And so if that is you, I would encourage you to repent. Repent is to confess, seek forgiveness and turn yourself around. Plead with God to have mercy on your rebellious spirit. Ask him to give you insight and to soften your heart. There's like nothing more dangerous than having a hard heart. And we get a hard heart by actively not taking care of our sin life, actively not listening to the Lord. And the more that we do that and live in ways that don't honor Jesus, the hardened shell kind of begins to take over what was once soft. And when something's soft, it's sensitive. When something's hard, it takes more and more and more to get through. So I want to encourage you today, That if you are battling with staying comfortable or having godly confidence, choose confidence. Following Jesus always involves a risk. It always involves a loss. It always involves facing the unknown. But you don't have to know what's coming because you can know the God that holds your hand. You can know the God that holds your hand. You can know that no matter what, He has got you. And if he's called you to it, he is faithful to finish it. He will see it through. He will give you everything that you need. So friend, choose godly confidence. Kick comfort to the curb and be aware of human confidence. You are not called to be confident of yourself. You are not called to be confident in and of your finances, your job, your prestige, your power, your title. You are called to be confident in God alone. And when you are confident in God alone, he is going to put that confidence to the test. So shut your eyes and jump off that cliff because he's going to catch you. And if you don't know Jesus, I would like to encourage you to get your heart right with the Lord. He could come at any time. God is real. He is loving. There's evidence of him all around. There's no need 
to be alone in this life. There's no need to do it on your own. You have a Savior that came and died on the cross for you. He loves you. You are on this earth for a purpose. If you weren't supposed to be here, you wouldn't be here. You're here because God wants you to be with him in eternity. Come home to the one that loves you, the daddy you never had, the lover of your soul, the savior of the world. Believe that he is who he says he is and ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart and then begin living for him. If you have any questions about your faith walk, be sure to reach out. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things and on my website, which I barely ever use because I'm really not a writer. I like to talk, but it's blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com. If you're interested in having me come and speak at your women's event or your youth event, please do reach out by any of those means with your contact information, the date of the event, the type of event that it is, and what you would be wanting to have me speak about. I am taking engagements at this time, so I look forward to hearing from you. Please do like, share, comment, and subscribe to this podcast and tell all your family and friends. I appreciate the support and know that I'm praying for you, and I greatly value all of my listeners. I'll see you next time.